0: Hello and welcome to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and you know that week after week on this program, I bring you all of the latest news on practical tools, practical science you can apply to raise your own levels of health and happiness. It's just a real pleasure to do this, to review the science, to see how much exciting new research there is showing us just how much control we have over both our interstates and, by extension, over our bodies. And I have a treat for you in this program because we have somebody who's really at the leading edge of the kinds of research and the kinds of questions I think we'll see people asking and society asking more and more and more in the years and decades to come. So I'd like to welcome you to the show and introduce my guest today, Dr. Jeffrey Martin. He's the author of the book, The Finders. I'm holding it up here and some of you're listening on on the radio live, others audio only, others are, 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 are seeing us on video. And so if you're listening on the audio channel only, I'll just describe what I'm waving in my hand over here right now. <laughs> it's a copy of Jeffrey's book, and it, I'm applying the dog ear test. And so I'm showing our audience here whose video all of the edges that have been dog eared in the book, edges of the pages that have been dog eared in the, in the book, and the answer to the question of how many is many. It's also heavily underlined, I've read the book more than once, and really, really focused on what Jeffrey is sharing with us here, and he's been doing research for around 20 years now on people who he calls finders, those who have reached the state of awareness, which some people call enlightenment, others call, call, others call the peace of the of understanding, a phrase from the Bible, non-symbolic awareness in academic jargon. And he's been doing empirical research on these people and then distilling the lessons learned from that research into practical courses like his 45 days to awakening courses, finders course, other courses. And so he's giving us practical tools for how to reach those elevated states ourselves. Jeffrey, it's a, an enormous pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you. It's so great to be here.
0: Yeah. And it's just a remarkable enterprise you're on. And I wanted to just Before we take a deep dive into this, and I wish we had 10 hours because (laughs) (laughs) in 10 hours, we could scratch the surface. (laughs) (laughs) We only have an hour. But I'm really also curious, before we we do take that deep dive into your path before this, what you were doing in your previous incarnation as uh, an entrepreneur, and as an academic, and so on. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I was really... An entrepreneur from very young. I cut a swath through the media and computer and tech. And, you know, I was more or less timed everything just right. You know, the media was going to computers, which I loved. And then the dot com era burst on the scene. And so I was really just one of those people that seemed to always be in the right spot at the right time. And as a result of that, I really met all of my life goals by like my mid thirties. I basically ran out of goals in my mid thirties. And that led to an unexpected sort of life crisis of sorts, if you will, because then I was sort of like looking around like, okay, well, I've done everything that they said would make me super happy and fulfilled. And I'm not super happy and fulfilled. (laughs) Right. And that, and as a result of that, I realized, you know, I've got three choices ahead of me right now. One was to basically become a senior. Uh, leadership person in one of the world's largest media companies and sort of reinvent the stuff. I'd done that a little bit years earlier or so. And that would have been a great dream of mine, you know, at one point in my life, the other was to keep running my businesses and companies and stuff that I had at that point. But I just sensed, you know, both of those directions are going to lead me to more or less where I'm at right now you know, I might have another $150 million or something, but I'm going to be as happy as I am, you know, in this moment. So I better make a change. I better do something different. And that's exactly what I did. I got rid of all of that. And I went back to school and I learned how to, at that point I had, you know, basically like master's degrees and things like management and technology and stuff like that. Went back, got a PhD, went to another, you know, program on psychology and neuroscience and really just tried to get the tools that I would need to go find and study the happiest people in the world. Because I'm like, you know, I know they're out there. I've met them. And I have been jealous of them, right? Because I'm like, wait a minute, you're not working 100 hours a week. You don't deserve that level of happiness like I do. This isn't fair. (laughs) So, you know, here we are now, you know, all these years later, um, after I sort of took that fork in the road. Best decision I ever made, you know, Hmm. without a doubt. And so, again, just taking a little
0: tiny step here before a big leap, And when you would meet a person who you knew was happy, how would you know it? How would you be able to tell that this was a genuinely happy person rather than just a situationally happy person or a person in a temporarily happy state?
1: It's a great question. And I think the best answer for it is they just didn't seem to have the God sized hole that everybody else did. You know, back in the, my teens, basically, I worked in religious television. My mom was a Christian TV show host. She had an internationally syndicated program on missionaries. And that was really when I first would encounter these people. You know, sometimes someone would come in that was a guest or, you know, someone would come in to do a show and they were just clear, there was something clearly palpably different about them than the rest of us. And in that world, you do use the word God-sized hole. You know, that's like a term that sort of the marketing of Christianity you know, purports know. to fill up. Now, I think, you know, st- having studied this now, they fill it up for relatively few people, but they do fill it up for some people, you know, for some people, that's a very successful system. That's the best possible shortest path, right? Where some, there's some, you know, who knows 5% of people or 2% of people or 1% of people or half a percent of people, whatever it is in that world that ask Jesus to come into their heart and bam, you know, just my, it turns out I was living with one of them, my mom, was one of them. My grandparents were them. My mom had it happen at age seven or 14 or something like that. And she basically just asked Jesus to come into her heart, prayed with my grandpa and never went back. You know, And it was so funny because when I started to study this and I started to get a sense of who might be the population that I was going to study, she's like, honey, everybody's like that. <laughs> it like never occurred to her that like she was in some sort of special class of what I said, which is why she never talked about it, never brought it up. You know, I mean, she, to me, she was just like the best mother ever. But I just assumed, well, everybody must, you know, have I'm naive, right? Everybody must just have a mom like this, or or whatever else. And so, yeah, as it was, just those things where over time you could spot it. And now, from a neuroscience standpoint, you know, I really sort of understand more of what was happening there. There was a fundamental rewiring that had occurred in these people's brains that if you really understand the regions involved, you can you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, that unplugged from here and it plugged into that over there. And that's where then now you have this experience, right? You know. Not to get too totally materialist about it all, but from a neuroscience standpoint, it really is pretty straightforward in terms of the experience that people are reporting. Of course, with that, you always have to caveat that we have no idea why anything exists in the first place, right? And so just because there's an experience that we can, you know, explain away with certain brain networks and brain circuitry, it doesn't solve the mystery of the fact that we have nothing probably should have ever existed, right, Mm -hmm. in the first place. And so at least plenty of room for mystery about what might be, you know, beyond existence and uh, and whatever else. I don't want to take sort of the romance out of this for those people who really sort of want the romance involved in their you know thoughts around stuff like enlightenment and non-duality and persistent mystical experience and, and all of that. But from a neuroscience standpoint, it's pretty clear that there's just a rewiring that's happening in the brain. And one of the things that that rewiring does really effectively is it basically updates our wiring. And so, you know, you and I, I'm just gonna make an assumption about your life, but I bet you it's correct. You and I live relatively safe live, right? Like, I'm not gonna starve today. In fact, I'm gonna try to resist dessert, right? (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying to lose weight, right? That's the biggest challenge you'll face I don't have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to starve before I forage the next berry bush or and you know, our cultures and our societies are really trying to keep us safe, right? It's hard to get food that's bad in our societies because it's all so regulated and you know, the state keeps us so safe, right? I'm not worried about someone bursting in here with a gun or being torn limb from limb uh like a, by a wild animal or something, you know, during this chat that we're having. And so that nervous system, that old nervous system programming that humanity has as its default, which really comes from just the fact that we're animals and all animals in every moment, more or less, are just looking around for what's going to kill them, you know, trying to figure out if it's safe to take a bite of food and they take a quick bite of food and then they're looking around for what's going to kill them again, right? We've got that same wiring inside us. It's been mapped over onto whether or not we're going to get fired today or our spouse is going to leave us or, you know, it's a whole other, it's a it's a weird set of existential threats that make us feel like our life's in danger, even though it's obviously not. Um, but we've got that same wiring, that same discontentment in every moment. And the thing that goes away is basically that. Wow. You know, you wind up feeling like everything is fundamentally okay, like you're safe, like you're complete, just as you are, you don't need to add anything to yourself or, or any of that, that is a life changing night and day difference.
0: Yeah, and you call that- it
1: was absolutely worth that $150 million. <laughs> it, Priceless, uh, worth
0: for going hundred million <laughs> million for, yeah. And, and you call that, of course, fundamental well-being with a capital F and a capital W, fundamental well-being, that state of simply yeah. fundamental okayness. You know that everything's okay. And that's a powerful state to live in. It just changes everything. And you know, one of the things I grapple with when I'm writing about this as well is that it's hard to explain to people just how happy you can get. And you try in the finders. I mean, there's several places you say things like, you just won't comprehend just how happy you might be when you are in this kind of a state that all of these shifts are going to happen. And then you'll be in this indescribably blissful state. One of the, the studies I looked at was one of Richard Davidson's studies, and he was looking at, at at these monks, and he found that the amount of gamma being produced by their brains was 25 times that a baseline. And so, you know, you can explain to the average person, well, you know, you do this stuff and maybe you'll get 25%, 50% happier. And that sounds credible. I, but I tell people that, you know, it's like saying, Steph Curry, Steph Curry can jump one foot off the ground. But if I told you Steph Curry could jump 25 feet off the ground, you wouldn't believe me. And it's the same thing, the same gap in our understanding and our, our our belief in how happy we can get. We can't conceive of that month being in the MRI scanner and suddenly producing 25 times the amount of gamma as baseline. So it, it is really hard to actually, you know, money and time and good words and convincing science and everything non understanding. It's actually quite hard to convince people that you can get that happy. <laughs>
1: It is. Yeah. And, you know, Richie and Antoine and those guys had difficulty getting, you know, that paper accepted even, you know, because like the the peer review culture is like, wait a minute, you can't, it's hard enough to measure these high levels of gamma off of EEG. You know, there's only a handful of labs in the world that we'd even believe that result from. But then you're telling me it's how much? higher than the average person no no that's an artifact you know you've messed up there was there was a plane flying over with a radar signal bouncing off your eeg nets or something you know? so it's yeah even in even within the academy you know it was from an incredibly credible lab right i mean just a world-class incredibly credible lab it's such an amazing finding even from that perspective, I liken it to if we think back to, you know, Roger Bannister. Remember the Roger Bannister story? It was like the three minute mile thing. Yeah. And you had all of these experts all around the world that were like, you know, the human body is just not biomechanically engineered to run the faster than a three minute mile. And so all of the top athletes in the world kept getting closer and closer and closer to that three minute mile, you know, but of course it was impossible to break through it. Right. And now we think about how fast that's run, you know? And so it's, you know, it's, it's like that. I think when there's this consensus, belief around what's possible, even at an expert level. And you have someone, even of the credibility from a neuroscience standpoint of a Richie Davidson, one of the great neuroscientists of our time, come along, uh, and Antoine at the time, um, you know, working with him up there in Wisconsin. I mean, it's like, people just can't believe it. And then you try to translate that into ordinary people's experience. And it's just, as you point out, it just gets hard and harder and harder. It doesn't doesn't compute. So limited in our belief.
0: And that's why why projects like yours are so important Andrew Newberg is a similar one he's been on the on the show several times and I talked to him about various things in fact we're developing a measure of this based on his his work and um cool the these aggregations of of people are so valuable because you can start to draw conclusions from the data now so you then began to actually study these people systematically first through interviews and later on through empirical measures as well so in our last like Three yeah. minutes before we take a break. Just quickly describe that arc of methodology from the initial interviews, which some, you describe them in the book. Sometimes it's taking a whole day <laughs> to do. Other times uh briefer, yeah. but then going into using uh, validated and reliable measures to determine change. Let's quickly review
1: that. Absolutely. So when I started this, I knew that I was going to be up against the politics of the academy because, you know, they traditionally viewed the claims of these people as sort of anti-materialist, you know, very woo-woo, magical. They didn't really feel broad sense that these people were worth studying. They thought they were psychopathological, you know, stuff like that, right? And so right from the beginning, we basically had the view that we had to do it politically correctly Correct. within the science establishment. People don't realize how political science can be, right? So I went around to all of the best people that I could find and got their advice. And what they said is go give them a bunch of gold standard measures. And so that's what I did. Gave them a bunch of gold standard measures and got back that they were happy. Big surprise, right? So that wasn't a big groundbreaking finding. There was nothing really that amazing about that finding. And so I went back to those people and I said, okay, what's the thing that you won't shoot down 20 years from now if I come back with amazing results that I can do next? And they said, well, you kind of got to go talk to them. And so I went out and I did these long format interviews, and I also did some physiological measurement while I was out there in the field with them—some breath rate, heart rate, GSR, EEG, even. Um, and so we were collecting, you know, quantitative data alongside the qualitative data uh, during that phase. Um, and as you said, you know, I, I joke, but I can when I go to like a science and non-duality conference or something, and some of our research subjects are there. They're like, "This is the guy who wouldn't leave my living room for twelve hours." <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> like you know, it's like a whole day per person. I'm like, once I'm there, man, I'm gonna get it out of them, right? <laughs> So, so yeah, we did these long format interviews, which led to the material that's in the book, mostly finders. And then we continued to do neuroscience stuff. We had a high density EEG lab, Silicon Valley uh, at Sophia university for a number of years where we did more physiological stuff. That was a really fancy rig that did everything you could imagine, including measuring breath and breath gases and, you know, all of that. So we've done a lot of the quantitative stuff and a lot of the qualitative stuff. And we've really, and we've partnered, you know, worked with a lot of other people, helped a lot of where the people get research subjects for their fMRI work and uh, things like that. And so we've, this has really been a comprehensive project involving, you know, dozens of people and in institutions all around the world for, 15 years, more or less, at this point. So, yeah, it's a comprehensive, well vetted study. And we've done a, what you're supposed to do, you know, well in the academy that so we've presented at conferences for years and years and years, year after year after year, getting our stuff, you know, reviewed by the right peers, right feedback on how to refine things if there was something to be refined. And so it's been, it's one, it's, it's a solid, it's a solid bunch of data. It was for me, right? The data was for me. I was looking to get happier. I was yes. looking to become one of these people. So, I wanted to make darn sure that this data, you know, know was likely to get me there
0: yes it was real and then when we get back from a break we're going to talk about the levels because you found that people is don't just reach the state called fundamental well-being that there are levels within that i want to cover those too that's just a fascinating idea and then a set of findings about what those levels are so please stay tuned you're listening to high energy health i'm interviewing dr, dr. jeffrey martin and his book called finders and we'll be right back after a brief break Hello and welcome back. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. My guest today is Dr. Jeffrey Martin. You can find out more about his work and the course he offers right now at the website 45 and that's the numeral 45 45 days to awakening.com. Also, I would strongly encourage you to take the 45 days to awakening course. It is what it claims to be, it's a 45 day process, you focus on doing the exercises. And one of the the cool things he'll do is he'll really ask you to commit to setting aside time in your busy life and schedule to reach the states we're describing here. And what his research shows is that over 70% of people who do the course, who follow the material, who stick with it, do reach that level, which is a remarkable guarantee. So, 45days com. he also has a special code Dawson my name and that will give you a $3 coupon off of the the cost of the course. Again, strongly recommend it. I've taken it, many of my friends have taken it. I've recommended it strongly to many other people. And you'll find that the course really does does deliver. So 45days to awakening.com and that coupon code is Dawson. Also, Jeffrey's book is called The Finders. And again, I strongly recommend you read that. We're reviewing this book for Energy Psychology Journal and several other journal, peer-reviewed journals and we recommend that you get an overview of the whole process by reading the Finder's book. Jeffrey, what you've discovered, well, first of all, let's just mention the whole concept of the Finder's. I think that's fascinating. And you characterize people who've hit this state of non-symbolic awareness or fundamental well-being as Finder's, which I think is a great way to counterpoint Seekers, the people who are looking for it, as opposed to being there, and that's just a wonderful way to to summarize the experience in word. And you found, you've discovered that within that that experience, there. It not just one spot they aren't getting sort of enlightenment as andrew newberg talks about small e enlightenment and big e enlightenment but he, that's as far as he goes other uh, the sufis talk about uh, rebirth in the beloved and then union with the beloved they don't have all the layers you have and i find those so interesting so explain to us what you found are these various levels that people get to within that experience of fundamental well-being
1: Absolutely. And so to us, it's, there's many of, and that was a big surprise. You know, I didn't know much about this. When I was just looking for who the happiest people on Earth were, and so it's it's been a big learning curve for me. And I often would encounter people's beliefs around this. You know, they would be telling me, "Oh, you won't find that many research subjects. You know, there's maybe five of these people on Earth or something." Like <laughs> that and they would say, "Oh, you know, here's the you're seriously." You know, I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll try hard to find those five at least." You know, and now of course we know there's millions of people, really, that most likely experienced this. And so there's that. And there was also the piece of a lot of disagreement among the groups that did know about this, especially the spiritual and religious groups around what the right version of it is, you know, like one person would hear someone else describing it, and they'd be like, Oh, that person is so close you know, but they're just a little off. Maybe someday they'll be enlightened like me, you know? And so there were all these, you know, debates and fights and stuff between these different folks in these communities. Uh, And that was really our first hint that, you know, geez, if we've got, you know, 150 people and they're all insisting that they have the right version of it, you know, maybe there's different types of this because they're obviously disagreeing with the handful of others that they know that also claim that they claim the same thing you know? And so what we learned is that there is a range of these experiences. We call it a continuum. I saw right away that levels was probably not a good way to talk about this because it just produced that conflict, you know, that people would talk about. And so we call them locations along a lateral continuum, if you will. And I personally don't think that we should view them as one being better than another one. It's very much more along the lines of what's most fitting for your life, what's best for your life, you know, some blissed out state where you're non-functional is not so great if you've got a mortgage and kids and a spouse and, or you're a caretaker to your elderly parents or something like that, right? I mean, so you really want to sort of, you know, match, find what is the appropriate version of this for your current stage where you're at in your life and get to that one, you know, where you can land in all kinds of them. So there are four main ones that we talk about because the vast majority of people will go into one of these and there's more people in the first one than the second one the second one than the third one you know by the time you're up to the third and fourth one it's starting to get pretty rare and then if you go beyond that to five six seven eight nine then there's ten and beyond it just gets more and more and more rare so rare that there's almost no reason for me to even talk about it because you know it's just a very small number of people that would even be experiencing that and so if you look at what happens there's sort of hallmarks for each one of these like how do you know if you're in one versus two versus three versus four there's just like some big hallmarks. And so one of the big hallmarks of the whole thing, but that lets you know that you've transitioned into at least location one on this continuum is whether or not you've had that rewiring in your nervous system away from feeling a sense of discontentment in the moment. You know, is your nervous system still nagging you about being alive and, you know, to look around for what's going to kill you and, you know, all of that sort of stuff? Or do you have that fundamental sense of well-being, right? Fundamental well-being is a terrible market. Marketing term. I didn't pick it because I thought it would be exciting to sell to people, right? You know, if I would have picked a marketing term, it would have been extraordinary well-being, you know, or something like that, right? But fundamental well-being really describes the feeling of it. It really feels like you have had a new fundamental level of well-being that has entered your nervous system and that the entire rest of your brain is building on. You know, as you know, and I know from a neuroscience standpoint, you know, more or less your experience of the world is built up from the lower levels of the brain to the higher levels of the brain. And so there's a real, you know, the lower that you can sort of rewire and the lower that you can influence your brain in a more fundamental way, the more the experiences that are then built on top of that are gonna be better. They're gonna be in the direction of everything is okay versus in the direction of, all something might get me. In this moment right and so if you've just had that transition basically you're in location one now there are other great benefits of location one the self-narrative mind that is so self-critical and stuff like that starts the process of quieting down negative emotions fall off much more fat much more rapidly when they're triggered things you feel a sense you generally feel an expanded sense of self you might feel even like you extend a little bit beyond your body or something like that you know that what, there was a constricted version of you that seems to have loosened loosened up a little bit, however you're experiencing that. And then location two adds something that the Buddhists call non-duality, which is really like a subject-object unification. Of course, Andrew Newberg, who you spoke about, and others, and Richie Davidson, you know, they've all sort of explored this. And I think Zoran Yosipovic at NYU has done excellent jobs at really sort of tackling how we can really describe this from a modern scientific perspective. And it really does seem like a unification of subject and object where you know i can still get that i'm here and i'm talking into this camera and the camera is out there but somehow quite mysteriously it still all feels like it's all one big thing to me you know and so that's more of a location two type of non-duality would be a description like that where it's i can i intellectually understand there's a camera out there in theory that camera's not me but somehow kind of mysteriously, it sort of all seems like me, you know, and again, I think this is just some rewiring, you know, that can happen in the brain. If you think about different areas of the brain that deal with self, other interpretation and stuff like that, it's not in spaciousness and time. And, you know, these, there's all these different, especially in the parietal lobes and stuff like that, where a lot of Andy's, a lot of Andrew Newberg's uh, stuff, you know, focused on in the early years of his uh, scans and whatnot. It, it really makes sense from a brain standpoint, you know, it doesn't have to be, sort of any more mysterious per se than this. So at location two, you have a continuing diminishing of that narrative, self referential, often very negative for people, mind chatter. You know, I often say, you know, it's the voice in your head that if it was a separate person, you wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator with for very long. <laughs> uh, but of course, we're all stuck with it in our heads, right? I mean, it's like it's the worst, worst, worst case scenario. Well, that goes away. You know, that diminishes uh, over these locations. Um, you have increased rapid falling off of negative emotions in location two as well. But the hallmark is that non duality. And then location three is really like the end of the Christian mystical path. So if you're a Christian or you're in the Abrahamic tradition, even Islam, Sufis in Islam, same thing. Really, your focus is location three. You're, you don't care about location two. That doesn't exist to you. Location four, you don't care about. That doesn't exist to you. Your whole mystical world is in this location three thing. And in location three, it feels like another emotional change. You have sort of one meta emotion that has different facets that love and compassion and things like that they're non-personal they uh, they might feel divine or they just might feel impersonal and so there's a sense of the divine or there's a sense of a sort of a broad panpsychist sort of sense where everything is this one consciousness and you're kind of merging in to that consciousness but you're not that consciousness there isn't there isn't that non-duality anymore it's not all the same thing there's a subtle return to dual to duality and then real quick in location four it's like falling off a cliff that sense of the divine or panpsychist sense goes away. It feels like there's no emotion, no sense of agency, no ability to make a decision, or you're just sort of watching the world magically unfold, watching yourself kind of mad. It feels like you're sort of magically going through it. When I describe that one, it kind of freaks people out. So that's probably a good cliffhanger for a break.
0: Yeah, it is. And again, it as we approach these kinds of, of considerations, there are some real differences there between what the kind of those states are and anything that most people are used to. So it does take a bit of real sure. focus to wrap your mind around those. We'll talk about more after a break. You're listening to High Energy Health. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back in a few moments. Hello, and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church. Each week on the show, we explore the leading edge of health and healing. For more on Dr. Jeffrey Martin's work, go to the website 45daystoawakening.com, and there you'll find his course. And you can also get $50 off the cost of the course by using the the code Dawson, my first name, Dawson, D A W S O N. Go there again, 45days to awakening.com. Strongly recommend you use that course. I've spoken to many other people who've used it, and they find that it really does deliver you to those higher states. Also, this book is called Finders, and again, well worth reading to dig into the, the world of these people who've moved from being seekers to finders. Also, if you'd like to get a copy of my newest book, Bliss Brain, I'm really grateful to Reed, Tracy, and Hayhouse. They've given us 5,000 books at cost, so we're giving them away free. At blissbrain.com, you'll get a copy of book Blissbrain, along with a whole bunch of other things, including the meditation that we now shown in several EEG and MRI studies, actually changes the functional connectivity of your brain within 30 days. So you'll find all of that at blissbrain.com. Grab a copy of the book and also do please review these books on Amazon. The way you can show your sincere appreciation is going and reviewing Jeffrey Martin's book, The Finders, on Amazon. Once you've ordered it, if you order it as a verified purchaser, that review really counts. There are now over a thousand reviews of my book, Mind Matter, on Amazon. Bliss Brain is heading toward a thousand five-star reviews as well. And so this is, if you want to give back, if you want to give us a round of applause, go on amazon.com and hit that review button, and that will really help let other people know that these books are worthwhile and can change their lives. So please take action on that and go to those sites, take advantage of these tools. They definitely, we know empirically, they can and are very likely to change your life. So again, those are the places to go for more and to take further action. Jeffrey, let's dig now into the other location. So location 4 and beyond what you're finding there. And again, you're working with an ever breaking group of people there. So I know that must take a while to track their characteristics and build a meaningful picture of their their experience. But what is Beyond Location 3?
1: Yeah, we've been at it for a long time. So it's, we have plenty at this point, which is good. So at location four, you know, as I mentioned before the break, people are kind of freaked out a little bit sometimes when they hear about location four, they're like, well, wait a minute, you know, that I won't love my kids. That doesn't sound right. In a very real sense, it's like location three is kind of the peak of what we would normally think of as a human experience. And location four really does shift into something very different than that. Now it's not something that is unknown especially to the world's eastern, you know, religions like, you know, Kashmir Shaivism as I think I mentioned or you know whatever else right the nope sorry that was actually on my last interview which was <laughs> before you where I was talking about location four and Kashmir Shaivism it's all starting to run together today it's been a busy day. <laughs> um, and so the, <laughs> and so you know Kashmir Shaivism or some forms of Tibetan Buddhism or some of these Eastern religions do know of these later locations many of them stop earlier many of them will stop in location two and they'll focus on location two and it's for of non-duality, as an example, just like Christianity focuses on location three. But there are these some that go further. And there's a Christian mystic named Bernadette Roberts who was deep in location three before she sort of fell off the end of it into location four. And she wrote a wonderful series of books called The Experience of No Self and things like that, trying to come to grips from her very sort of Carmelite, non-Catholic perspective on location four. And so in location four, there's a tremendous sense of freedom. The thing that people talk about in location four, the main thing that they mention is freedom. You know, I've talked a lot about well being and maybe blissy type stuff in location three and stuff like that up to this point. But boy, when they hit location four, it's like, whoa, there is a level of freedom here that is beyond anything I've ever experienced. And then there's a fork in the road the sort of forks in into two two different things. And one is typically experienced by Westerners, which is as they go further, there's a return to some emotions like love, again, impersonal versions of it and stuff like that. But it's almost like the Western brain can't handle not having those human elements, that more sort of traditional humanized elements of the human experience. And it's, it's almost like it rewires back a little bit as it continues to go down the path. Whereas the more Eastern tradition, uh, I call that the path, of humanity the more eastern tradition is more the path of freedom where they really retain that sense of a lack of sense of agency and stuff like that and what you start to see at location five for instance is a change in the visual system there's you know you've seen many mystics talk about this potentially not many but a handful of mystics over time they talk about how things seem to have an inner light or you know there are these clear changes in the visual system that are described you see those coming in at at location five if someone doesn't have those they haven't reached location five there's something that's happening with the co-op of the visual system in the brain. Of course, you know, you and I know the visual system is really sort of the largest chunk of the brain. It's a, so as this process is unfolding in the brain, it makes sense that eventually it's going to get to the visual system and there's going to be some inf- impact and some effects on the visual system. That's really when you start to see it is at location five. At location six, you start to see sensory glitches coming in. And so the sensory binding that happens very early in our life as we have this sort of individualized self continuing to be scrubbed out of us and sort of that old painful ego self continue to be scrubbed away at deeper and deeper levels. Well, there's an early point in our You know, history as people, where that ego comes in. We think it's around two and a half to three and a half when episodic memory comes online in the brain, meaning life history type memory and stuff like that, right? But there's a lot of sensory binding. There's a lot of you're still learning to to use your senses. You're still your motor system is still being developed and things like that. And so a lot of that is bound up then with that sort of traditional egoic, painful, you know, what we would call the narrative self form of experience. And then that continues to get scrubbed away. And five and six and seven and so on. Even though it might feel even at four like it's totally gone, you know, then you hit huge chunk that you couldn't see that fell away, right? And so you're like, oh my gosh, you know, there's, you know, then at six another chunk that you couldn't see falls away, and so there there are changes that occur even in sensory perception, and it's like the the sensory system has to almost reform. Uh, so I don't talk about these later locations because they are rare, and you know, you start to talk about things that people are like, hmm, I'm not sure if I really want that. And then they've heard of things like Eckhart Tolle sitting on a park bench outside a Cambridge <laughs> library, you know, for 2 years and they're like, "Well, I can't have that happen in my life." And you really have to reassure people. Listen, that's not going to happen to you. That happens to a vanishingly small small number of people, right? We've had thousands of people take our programs. Hasn't happened to one of them, right? And so realistically, you know, this is a safe thing to transition into. Worry about one through three. That's where you're going to land. It's going to be awesome. It's going to totally revolutionize your life. If you want to be a zealot and go further and go to the cave and leave everything behind, okay, fine, you can do that. Four's waiting for you, five's waiting for you, six, but probably you're not going to do that. You know? we guarantee you'll get it's not location. something you have to worry
0: we guarantee you'll get location one we guarantee you won't get location six go to Jeffrey's website 45 exactly, days you know? to forty-five awakening. <laughs> Awakening.com. use the coupon Dawson it's my first name for $50 off the course again highly recommended and then the book is called The Finders we'll have one final segment after a brief break so please stay tuned Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I really wanna ask that you do a few things today. One of them is mark this time and place in your calendar and come back here every time, every week at the same time because you wanna be filling your mind with positive ideas, positive thoughts, positive media and positive input. And you need a counterweight to all the stuff going on out there, if you're reading Apple news or Google news or the New York Times, you're getting plenty of other kinds of news. What you need is inspiring news, news of the universe, news of happiness and health that you can apply in your life. So please do bookmark the page and then add it to your calendar. Come listen live every week because there's always something new and exciting going on. That's number one. Number two, I mentioned Jeffrey site several times, 45daystoawakening.com. Go there, and enroll is also giving you uh, $50 off the course using my name, Dawson, 45 days to awakening.com. Again, highly recommended. That course will deliver. Jeffrey's book is The Finders. Also, buy the book and then leave it a five star review on Amazon. Now, I technically, need, by Amazon's rules, cannot ask you to leave a five star review for my newest book, Bliss Brain, but I can tell you to go to wherever you bought the book. And if the retailer allows reviews, to leave a review there as well. So we're aiming for a thousand. For Five-star reviews, just like Mind to matter. And you can do that on Amazon. Also, you can get the book, if you did not have it already, at blissbrain.com. Also, eight free meditations that, again, we've shown in, in EEG and MRI studies, will get you to these elevated states really, really quickly and start to produce functional connectivity changes in your brain within a month. So all of that said, let's go on to our last segment over here in this interview with Jeffrey. And I'd like to explore several different components of this really quickly. One is that as Jeffrey was describing these levels, especially the first three levels, did you have a flash of insight? Did you say to yourself, you know, that sounds kind of like me? Just like Jeffrey said to himself, "Hmm, that actually sounds like my mom and my grandmother. So, are you maybe there already? If you are, it's really powerful to know that you're part of this continuum he speaks about, and that there are developmental stages on the other end of that. So, let's just talk about that, Jeffrey, for a moment. Then I want to move on and just emphasize that this is a trainable system that will get you there.
1: Absolutely, and you know, I can tell people to give Bliss Brain a five star review. So go to go to <laughs> Amazon <laughs> and give. But he can't say it. But I can say it to, you know, that's a great book. If, it, if there were six stars, you should get a six star for that. I and mean, we put together an amazing book there. So, yeah, exactly. you know if you if you are in this place, first of all, one of the things that surprised us this year, is that we create, we created a shorter protocol. Before this, the finders course was the research protocol that we had, right? And that was four months, three and a half hours a day. It was a crazy amount of time. Like nobody could really do it. Retirees could do it. You know, people fresh out of college didn't have kids yet could do it. And that was about it. And so anybody else who did it just got in trouble with their spouse. Um, and so, you know, now we've got this 45 days protocol. It's a lot shorter. The time commitment each day is a lot shorter, right? So it's, it's accessible to anybody, really. And one of the things that that's done is it's brought in a whole bunch of people from the general seeker market that now can sort of finally apply it. And it's been fascinating because I would say 30 to 40% of the people you're talking about, you know, thousands of people who have done 45 days at this point came in and discovered in the first module that they were already in fundamental well-being seekers are a lot more successful than they know they are out there. And it's because I think, you know, you have these teachers who are familiar with maybe location one or maybe location three, or maybe location four is their thing, right? And so you're listening to them. And and if you're not fitting the description of location four, and that's your teacher, you know, you don't realize, oh, geez, I've been in location one for 15 years. You know, how come yeah. nobody told me this? Um, so I think that's important for people to realize, first of all. Second is that as a function of doing our, you know psychology research, cognitive science-based research on these individuals. We've really picked up on patterns that have occurred over time. So for instance, the first couple of years after you transition, those wind up being really important years for you because your brain is unwinding certain habit patterns and then rewinding them from the direction of fundamental well-being. If nobody tells you that, you wind up with sort of this random outcome after two years, right? But if you know to keep an eye on it and what to keep an eye on, you have kind of the best practices of the people that figured out, stuff that came before you, you know, you can exit that process as, a, as an incredible level of functionality in the world compared to where you entered from your prior, more egoic type days. And so there's all sorts of great things like that to know. It's important to know that your system now is prioritizing peace, whereas it formerly prioritized, you know, smoothing over its neuroses, right? And so, you know, you were prior to fundamental well-being driven almost entirely by your neuroses. And now, if you look at our data, those get cut in half, basically. They're no longer the principal driver in your nervous system. Now your nervous system is trying to protect peace. Well, there are ramifications to that and ramifications in terms of how you live your life and how you optimize your life moving forward. So there are very important things to know like that. We There's a couple of hours of free videos that we put up at explorerscourse.com, which is a free mini course that we make available for finders because we know that there are just some things like this that all finders should know. And there isn't a book out there on it. There aren't articles on it. Like nobody's talking about this stuff. I just don't think anybody's had the level of data we had on it. And so I think that's really important for people to know.
0: Yes. Yeah. And then again, that leads right into the knowing that there are those levels out there is figuring out where you are now and where you can get to. Jeffrey, it's been such a delight and pleasure. I'd actually like to do a a second installment of this and go deeper into several of the things you've talked about, because as people can tell, we've just scratched the surface over here. And thank you again so much for being with us. And thank you for doing this amazing project. Thanks for following your heart. Thank you for not going and making that other $150 million. (laughs) This is far more valuable. This is the billionaire (laughs) pursued, not the millionaire pursued. So thank you. Billionaire of consciousness. Thank
1: you so much. It's been such an honor to be on here and to have us chat with you. so glad to finally chat with you. I feel like we should have known each other for years now. I and mean, You're always around. We're always talking at other. the same stuff half the time, but we just haven't <laughs> run into each other like this before. It's crazy. I don't know how that's happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm so delighted to, to find your, your work, do it, and then start to recommend it. So it's been a, just a real, 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 really amplified my own understanding in a whole bunch of different ways. So I'm really personally grateful to you as well. You're listening to High Energy Health. And each week on the show, we bring you really provocative ideas that you can Apply to your own health and well-being. For Jeffrey's course, please go to 45 days Again, 45 days to awakening.com and sign up for the course and use the discount code Dawson for a discount. Also get a copy of Jeffrey's book, Finders, which is, describes this whole process and the locations, and also what happens to these finders in all the dimensions of their lives. And then for a copy of my newest book, Bliss Brain, go to the website blissbrain.com, where thanks to the generosity of our publisher, it's being given away free hardback, version paperback hasn't come out yet but the hardback is available free from blissbrain.com and then again mark this show in your bookmarks mark the show in your calendar come back and join me as you can tell fundamental awakening is a whole lot of fun love you see you next week bye